Hey, this is Sebastian the Jet. You are listening to Soccer Subs. This is Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode 83. My name is Ronnie, and I'm joined here with my Soccer Subs co-host, Eric. It's just me and Eric for this one. And before we get started with the show, let me just give a quick shout out to our two Soccer Subs show sponsors. First one up is Paragon Sports, your premier destination for activewear. They're located on 18th and Broadway here in Manhattan. Go check them out for all your running needs, basketball, soccer, baseball equipment, and go give them a follow at Paragon Sports on Instagram. And our second show sponsor, Taqueria86. We were there the other day amazing view party an amazing mexican soccer themed mexican restaurant they're on 94th and broadway here in manhattan as well go check them out for some amazing tacos burritos drinks tequila all that good stuff and go give them a follow at taqueria 86 ny on instagram and now that that's out the way eric good to be on with you man we took a little two-week break world cup's officially almost halfway through it's been a lot going on how you been man how's everything oh man it's been a fantastic week of football listen the world cup we're right in the middle of it We've had amazing games. We had upsets. We had everything. We have controversial decisions. I'm calling out of work a couple of days. I hope my job isn't listening because, listen, these games have been sensational. And guess what? We still have another couple of weeks to go. Absolutely, Eric. Yeah, World Cup has been insane. It has not disappointed. And for the soccer fans, we got a big show coming up for you guys today. This is a, an official World Cup episode. We got a special guest joining us in the studio with us. He's had him on with us before. You guys probably remember him. He's a freelance writer, soccer analyst, producer, editor. You've seen him work with Area Sports Network, as well as Telemundo and SB Nation. He is now one of the newest members of Forbes. We got Mr. Fabian Rankel back on with us. Welcome, Fabian. And how you doing, man? Good to be back hey. on with you and uh, tell the fans a little bit about you if they don't remember you. Hey, no, no. The one thing about me is kind of bad. I ain't going to talk area 86 with y'all because y'all were having a great time. So next time y'all y'all have something, I'm flying out to New York so we can be outside. You feel me? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but no, I do a lot of stuff for the San Jose Earthquakes and the West Coast on MLS. Thank you guys so much. For me, this is not work, man. This is hanging out with a couple of guys that, that I, I like hanging out with, you know? So I almost want to say it's like my family from New York, you know? So no, nah, this is a pleasure of mine. I appreciate you guys having me on again and uh, talk soccer. Thank you. Absolutely, Fabian. Yeah, pleasure to have you, man. For the soccer fans, this is a World Cup special as we're down to the round of 16. The USMNT has officially advanced after their 1-0 win over Iran. We have our last 16 team standing. A couple notable mentions of a couple countries that have gone home. My very own Ecuador, Qatar, Iran, Wales, Mexico, Denmark. No Canada, no Germany. So guys, I got to start off with the first question for you guys. Which team has surprised you the most so far in this tournament? And which team has been the biggest disappointment? Eric, let me just start off with you, man. I know you've got a couple of things on Mexico, and I know you've been keeping a close eye on the tournament. Which teams have surprised you the most, and which teams have been some disappointments for you, man? Oh, man. Easily teams that have surprised me the most. Japan, of course. Japan have been sensational, man. They beat Germany. They beat Spain. Listen, I think most people thought Spain and Germany were going to come out on top. Who? No one could say. But for Japan to come out of that group on top, listen, mind blown. And it speaks levels about clearly that Oceania and Asia conference is clearly nothing to smirk about. Because guess what? Another surprising game was Saudi Arabia. Argentina. Yes, the upset, I think, of the tournament when they beat Argentina. No one saw that coming. And I promise you, no one saw that coming. 
Obviously, they didn't make it out the group, but nonetheless, that was a huge upset. But the other side of things, biggest upset, biggest upset. It's tough to say, man. I think for me personally, I'll talk about Mexico in a bit because that that was an upset, but I saw it coming. But the biggest upset in my eyes has to be Belgium because I think for years they've been hailed as this golden generation. They've been in top of the FIFA leaderboards, at least anywhere between the top one to top five team throughout multiple World Cups, I think since 2010 they've been in the top of the supposedly top nations in the world but they have nothing to show for it they've wasted prime years of hazard kevin de bruyne courtois witzel a bunch of talented belgian players who for their clubs play sensational but at a team level they just they couldn't get it done they could not get it done i think this is the biggest disappointing side simply because of the players that they have the talent that they have and what they couldn't accomplish now, Mexico, I mean, it's not that much of a disappointment because, I, again, I saw it coming and I said that the last episode. I wanted them to do bad because I want them to kind of wake up, given that the next World Cup is going to be shared between Canada, USA, and Mexico. And some of those games are going to be on home soil. I need Mexico to wake up. And I think this tournament clearly showed that there are some bright spots, but there are very other sides that need to change. And I'm talking about the old guard. Gotta let him go, man. Gotta let him go. I'm talking Hector Moreno, Andres Guardado, Memo Ochoa, sensational keeper for us every single World Cup. It's time to go, my guy. You're getting, you're getting there in age. Raul Jimenez, look, he's what? I think getting, I think, I want to say he's 29. Next World Cup is going to be 33. But listen, after that injury, he's he just doesn't look the same, man. He wasn't looking sharp. At times, I thought Mexico were playing with 10 men. That's how bad he looked on the field. There were games, and I'm talking specifically in the Poland game and the Argentina game, where Chucky Lozano needed help out there. Man, he was on a mission this World Cup. Chucky Lozano was playing out of his mind. He was making those amazing runs. He was working tirelessly. Honestly, one of the standout performers for Mexico. But clearly, there are a lot of players that need to go in this team. Look, I'm looking forward to there are some young players that Mexico have. And we have time. We have four years. Hopefully, this is a wake-up call. Hopefully, we get a new manager. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I want to say, you know, Japan was a surprise to me because I was in Japan a couple of years ago. And I saw this team you know, start doing well in their friendlies and then beat the United States men's national team and then, you know, play well against in all their friendlies. And Japan is is an odd team. And it's really, it's really odd to me to see a team not time waste. I mean, it, they're like down to their culture. They're very, I would say, very correct in everything they do. So seeing a goalie up one to two versus Spain and not, you know, dive down on the ball and take seven seconds, it's kind of crazy. So the way he, that player went all the way through for that ball, even though it looked out of bounds and still passed it in. It's really a testament of what their culture is. I mean, they're going to play till the end until they're they're told not to. So they put in the hustle points everywhere on the field and it's finally paying off for Japan. But I'm going to say the biggest surprise for me actually was Senegal. I think I kind of had them wrapped up in a bow under the Christmas tree, you know, gone already, you know, so them to get some performances in without Sadio Mane and make it into the knockout round is a testament to that team. And and really, I wish they had Mane. What what kind of damage would they have if they had Koulibaly, Mane, and Mendy, right? So totally unfortunate. But hey, they got the job done with just Koulibaly and Mendy. And like you said, Belgium didn't get the job done with all the guys they had. So it's something that, that 
I'm really shocked about, but I'm going to give kind of like a curveball disappointment here. I think my biggest disappointment of this World Cup has been the VAR. I think VAR is easily the biggest disappointment of this World Cup. I mean, Mexico was taken away a goal by some butt cheeks, you know, so it's insane. And, and today, Belgium, right? Belgium was taken away a goal by literally centimeters. And I think they're taking the offside rule a little too literal, uh, way too literal. I mean, at the end of the day, man, we're really going to go offsides like that. So this might be a transition phase for VAR because they are taking every single call extremely literal. Um, and I think that's bad for the game, actually, because Americans are watching this. I know this is a little bit thinking on the American side of things, but Americans are watching this for the first time. And they're like, dude, why is there so many zero zeros? Let me tell you why. There's a thing called VAR. And there's a lot of goals disallowed now that they wouldn't have disallowed in the past. So I think VAR has been my biggest disappointment so far in this World Cup. And you know what? If we were talking teams, I can't say my the biggest disappointment because it would be my country. So I can't really say that. Being the only country to not score a goal in the World Cup with having the likes of Nunez, Suarez, and Cavani leading the helm. I just can't believe it. But I'll have to go to VAR. Fabian, that's a crazy stat, by the way. Thanks for bringing that up, man. And, and for me, I want to give a quick shout out to Morocco, who I think has been a huge, huge surprise for me, man. Obviously beating Canada 2-1, to beating Belgium 2-0, drawing against Croatia. And I got to give a shout out to Japan, who's also been a country that's really, really surprised me. Beating Spain, man. I know Eric had a, had them as a potential team to take it all, but beating Spain 2-1, to which is no easy task. Beating Germany, who's been a European powerhouse of players, 2-1. to and losing to Costa Rica, which might have been a wake-up game too as well. But Japan's not getting enough talk. And I think amazing job beating Spain this week as well. They as won for- the match with 17% percentage. The lowest ever percentage by a winning team in the World Cup, which is insane. So definitely crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And as for teams that have disappointed me, man, I actually got to go with Canada. I think I expected so, so much from Canada. Canada has a lot of potential, a lot of quality players. You know, I know Alfonso Davies hasn't been 100%, I believe, you know, he's coming out of an injury and everything. But Canada, man, I think really, really surprised me finishing fourth. I thought they'd at least come out the group. Another country that really surprised me of my very own Ecuador, thought we would get out of the group. We have a lot of young talent. And sadly for, for our Ecuadorian fans and for the Ecuadorian community, we couldn't get out the group, but some great, great work out there by, by those young guys. Germany, a disappointment as well. I think a lot of fans will tell you they expected more out of Germany. And we talked about it with Jeff Reuter and Ben Ross on our, on our previous episode, but Denmark, we had Denmark as a dark horse, as a team that could get out the group, cause some upsets. Denmark, I think, has to be a, a disappointment for me. I think we expected much, much more from Denmark. And I'll throw in Mexico as well. I know Eric already said a couple words on Mexico, but all right, guys. And I wanted to ask you guys about the USMNT. I mean, the USMNT under Greg Berhalter doing their thing, coming out of the group. They got the Netherlands coming up next. I wanted to ask you guys about that upcoming game. Do you think the boys can get it done? And what have been your thoughts on the USMNT? Eric, let me start off with you again on just USMNT and, and the upcoming game. I'll give I'll give credit where credit is due. I think it's tough to say, man. I mean, I think England are a mediocre team to base that draw on. I've always thought England were a mediocre team. But look, USMNT, if there's, they have one thing going for them, it's definitely that midfield of Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, Pulisic playing on the left side, and Musa playing on the right side. That midfield has been amazing. And I have nothing but praise for that midfield because where they may lack in talent, it's subjective. You know, they are talented. Are they world beaters? Eh, not yet, but... Where they may lack on talent, they make up for it with their amazing work rate. Listen, Musa has been impressing me so much. Tyler Adams has been impressing me so much. The way they play the ball, the way they press, the way they work hard tremendously to get that ball back has been sensational. And 
listen, it was a tough group. It was a tough group. Obviously, a draw versus Wales, a draw versus England, but they, they scraped out that, that win against Iran. And I don't know, Netherlands, that's another team that is very inconsistent that can give you a tough match, but can also, I saw it against in the Ecuador game where they scored one and just sat back and that just invited that Ecuador pressure onto them. And you saw them going at them, going at them. And it was crazy. It was a phenomenal game, by the way. But with that being said, against USMNT, who are in a prime position to make it to the next round. I think the Netherlands can't play like that. They cannot just score one and sit back because I think if one thing that the USMNT does really well is press and get on that counterattack. With that being said, who do I have winning? I think Netherlands edges out. I think the game ends 2-1 for the Netherlands. Yeah, luckily with Forbes, I've been I've been covering the United States men's a little close, uh, a little closer. So you know what? Netherlands is a beatable team. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like Ecuador is a good test to kind of look at, you know, the blueprint, how to beat this Netherlands team. And I think the United States men's national team has a good chance of doing so. But first, I wanted to say this. The only only goal that has been scored on the United States men's national team is in, from an MLS player. And so it's it's something that... This team has done a great job defending. I mean, we all had question marks going into this with the selection. We all thought a guy named Tim Ream wasn't even going to be selected. And now this this guy who's never really had an opportunity with the team and this program really is now a namestay in this and is one of the biggest defenders in this World Cup so far. So I think, you know, Tim Ream is doing a phenomenal job and let's see if he can keep it up. I also want to say Tyler Adams is getting a whole bunch of eyeballs on him. I mean, Leeds just bought him, but I don't think he's going to stay at Leeds for long, especially the way he's playing and, and distributing and and just really running that whole whole United Men's States national team, the, the team, right? So I think the biggest question marks going into this game would be, where's Gio Reyna? I mean, what's going on in that locker room? The United States is going to need a player that's going to be able to break down those lines. I know Netherlands does like go ahead and, and like to just play the ball. I mean, they just like to hold the ball and really do nothing with it. So there's going to be a whole bunch of press there. The Netherlands just kind of like to make you fall asleep on defense and then just take advantage of when you're asleep. So again, this is a game where I think it plays into the hand of the United States men's national team. And I think they could get the job done this weekend. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I have it 1-1, and then the United States men's national team winning on penalties. Thanks for that, Fabian. And yeah, I just I want to give a quick shout to Alexi Lalas, who I found like a really interesting quote from him over the week on Twitter. You know, he said, U.S. coach Greg Berhalter has taken plenty of crap and criticism, some of it fair, but his USMNT won the Gold Cup, Nations League, dominated Mexico, qualified for the World Cup, and went undefeated in this group. We got to put some respect on Greg Berhalter's name, I think, in my opinion, and just in regard to, one, staying undefeated in this group, especially with some tough teams. Drawing against Wales was no easy task. Drawing against England was no easy task either. And Iran should have been a game that we should have won regardless, but it was not an easy game. I got to give a quick shout out to Greg Berhalter on just the work he's been doing. I'm glad you mentioned to Fabian on, on his on his selection for this team, but I think he has the pieces that he needs to make some noise against his Netherlands team. So yeah, man, that's going to be a good game. And Eric and Fabian, as we've seen, we're down to the last 16 teams. Got to ask you guys for some predictions out of the last 16 teams, which have been some teams right now that are your potential favorites. Eric, go ahead, man. Uh, just on some potential favorites for, to take it all. That's a tough one, man. 
Part of me wants to see Spain still. I think Spain is still a strong side. And if anything, I think losing against Japan and almost not qualifying had Costa Rica beat Germany, I think it's definitely going to be a wake-up call. And I think they'll bounce back from that. So I still have Spain to look out for. Another team is Portugal. Look, I told, I said it last time, Portugal are a team of very high highs and very low lows. But listen, if you have them when they're playing at their best, Portugal can be any top team in the world. And lastly, ah, they're surprising me, man. They're surprising me. I had them, this, I actually had them flopping this, this tournament, but France are looking sharp, man. I, I'm not big on Brazil. I think Brazil, as talented as they are, uh, there's question marks about Neymar. Argentina, eh bottlers but i look i've been looking at france france are sharp man france have talent everywhere on the pitch whether someone gets hurt obviously mbappe is the star of the team but whether someone gets hurt they have someone just as talented to replace that person and this is a team of young stars who clearly are going to dominate for years to come and mbappe has just been sensational this world cup again proving why he's one of the top players in the world Quick question for you as just a follow-up to that. Did that loss to Tunisia worry you at all about France? Because I feel they might have gotten exposed in that game. No, nah, not at all, man. I mean, they, by then, they're, they're already qualified. I, I believe they're already going to be in this, um, going into the next round. And I'm, I'm not worried at all. I don't think one loss in the group stage is that bad. I think it definitely wakes your team up. And I think it just shows the high stakes of the World Cup, especially moving on to the round of 16 you don't have another group game to cover your ass if you lose or to gain points because after the group stages, round of 16 is win or go home. There's no, you know, there's extra time. There's penalties after that. You don't get the next leg. You don't get another game. That's it. You're done until the next four years from now. So I'm not really worried. Uh, Again, I think for Spain and for France, these losses are more like wake-up calls, and I'm excited to see how they perform the next games. Yeah, honestly... France is something that is just an anomaly in the world of soccer to me. They literally could could field an A, B, and a C team that would all be great, great World Cup players. I mean, this team is extremely stacked. I almost want to say it's better for them that they lost a couple of of the players they have so that you know, Mbappe can actually be the star. I know it's going to be crazy to say it, but maybe the injury to Benzema was a good thing for them because then Mbappe can truly take the reins and say, hey, this is my team. And every World Cup, there's a player that does that, right? So Forlan in 2010, James Rodriguez in 2014. I just don't see France losing another game. And I feel like nobody can really go toe-to-toe with them, especially on that side. Now, the way that side is kind of panning out, I think France has kind of an easy way to the final compared to that left side. I think the right side is a little easier than the left. But I don't know. I, I'm not too high on England, I, to be honest about, about it. I think they're great, but I think their whole we invented soccer pride is going to bite them in the butt like it always does. I mean, they play a very boring soccer, and I feel like the pace of Mbappe is just going to be a little too much for them. And then I can't give it to Portugal because, you know, they have Ronaldo. So, no, I'm just kidding. I can't. I'm going to say Brazil. I like Brazil coming from the other side. I think Brazil, I know they don't have Neymar, but shoot, they don't need Neymar. They got some crazy players. And maybe for that team, it's better to lose a star, too. Because it's not the whole weight on the world on Neymar's shoulders now. I mean, you're replacing him with 
players like Rafinha and 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 Doug, I mean not Douglas Costa, but Rafinha and, and and Rich Allison, and you really don't have to worry about anything. I mean, Vinicius, right? You have these crazy players that eh, Neymar, yeah, okay, yeah, he's he's good looking. You know, he sells his jerseys, he does a little tricks. You know, he's our Ronaldinho of the future. But to win. They got enough talent. They got Ronaldo, you know, the original Ronaldo, somewhere in there as as the, the spirit of him. You know, they don't they don't need the flash of Ronaldinho and Neymar. They could probably do it without him. So I have my final being France versus Brazil, and I think it's hard to say who, but I don't know. I think Brazil gets it. I think Brazil raises it. I think Brazil raises it again, and I'm happy. I'm happy as a Uruguayan. No new teams, and no no team gets two. You know, I'm happy with that. And quick follow-up question to, to both of you guys as well. I want to just mention a couple teams that have been kind of flying under the radar. I think these are teams that are not getting enough talk. Croatia, unbeaten. England, unbeaten. Two wins, one draw. Senegal, the African champs, making it through the group. And Australia. I think four teams that are not getting enough talk, not, not getting enough credit. Eric, I want to ask you about these four teams, man. Is there a team out of these four that you think can make some upsets? Anything? Anyone that surprised you out of these four teams that we're not talking about enough. Oh man, definitely not England. I mean, come on, England are just gonna. Uh, sorry, England fans, but they're just gonna bottle it, man. They're just they're just mediocre, overpriced, eighty million dollar Declan Rice copies of every other player. Because honestly, they just always disappoint at every major tournament. And look, they'll they'll disappear. I'm maybe not the next round, but I'm certain the quarterfinals they'll choke whoever they face against. Croatia, ah man, I love them. I love Modric. I love how they play. I just, I don't, I don't think they can make that push. Out of all the teams that you mentioned, honestly, the team that I worry most about has to be Senegal because Senegal just play very physical. They play very fast. They have talent all over the pitch and they're just a sensational side. Listen, after I saw how brilliant Ecuador were playing in the group stages, I thought it was going to be, look, Netherlands and Ecuador are making it out of the group stages. But Senegal played a sensational game that last game against Ecuador, and they'll give any of these top teams a difficult time. And I'll even add one. I think it's fair to say that for the next group, Brazil is going to come out of the group. But I would hate to face either Serbia or Switzerland. Because those are just difficult teams that you just don't want to play against also. Serbia play very physical, very intense. Switzerland is another team who just have talent everywhere. If I'm a top team, I don't. Honestly, it's tough to say, man. The World Cup just truly shines on these Cinderella stories. It's tough to say. But all of these teams are sensational. I think, if anything, if, if we learned anything so far is that don't count a team out. None of these small teams. All right. I'm going to answer your question after, but to not have the main team, the main dark horse in that conversation, we're still not out of it yet. All right. We play tomorrow at 7 a.m. We're going to beat Ghana. Then give us Brazil. All right. That's what I'm going to say. Uruguay, if they get everything done, if they get some goals in and they qualify, I would not want to play against Uruguay because they play really bad against the bad teams but really good against the good teams. So I don't want to play Uruguay if I'm a Brazil or if I'm in England because it's going to, it's not going to be good. Portugal got lucky. I am not going to lie. You know, they had every time it happens, every time it happens, every time Uruguay's at a world cup, they always get a golazo scored on them or a goal that shouldn't be a goal. 
In 2010, that golazo from the Netherlands that was like 40, 50 yards out. And James Rodriguez being the best player, had to be the best player of the tournament to beat Uruguay. I mean, 2018, we beat Ronaldo in his prime years. You know, we, we stopped it with Cavani. So once these things happen and they get into place, I feel like Uruguay, if they didn't play France when they played them, and I feel like they really only gave France a money, a uh, run for their money, and the only team that really did the last tournament, they could have went all the way. And I, I still feel that now. We They got to get Darwin Nunez as the nine and then just let Suarez and Cavani hit that bench. And we got to get Federico Valverde on the wings and maybe that team changes. But once they start playing those those big teams, then we can truly see a Uruguay team that I think will start winning. But England, I like England. You can have Phil Foden on the bench. Crazy decision to me, honestly. But he should be playing every game. I feel like England, out of those four that you named, is a team that should be on the lookout for underground uh, underdog watch. I feel like Croatia just you know they have the the fight and the will. They just don't have the talent anymore, or they're just their talents a little older. Um, Mansujic, like that was a very big player for them in the last run. And they, they don't have anybody to kind of fill those shoes now in that type of role because that was, you know, the sidekick to Luka Modric. So I feel like England is is the one. Senegal, maybe, you know, maybe. But they need someone to break out as a star in Mane's place, right? They had Mane. Ooh, maybe we see the first African, you know, World Cup team win it, you know? So it's just unfortunate so unfortunate that money's not playing but yeah i think england uruguay and senegal possibly can be some underdogs absolutely fair enough thank you guys so much and guys before we go we mentioned this in our last episode a player or two that have been your players of the tournament so far it doesn't need to be one eric i know we mentioned this on our last episode has there been a player that stood out to you from a team or two from this tournament that's kind of surprised you or maybe hasn't surprised you but just is amazing so far oh man I'm just trying to think back to all these all these plays, man. I'm trying to think back to all these games. But where the hell was this Ener Valencia? Ener Valencia was playing out of his mind for Ecuador. And I have to shout him out because he was just playing phenomenal, man. And this guy, is he's not a young guy, man. He's, what, 30? Uh, he was just playing out of his mind. And he was pressing. He was going forward. Listen, he impressed me in the games that I saw. He was playing phenomenal. Cody Gakpo who has had a sensational season in Everdice in the Netherlands in the Dutch league has been sensational this tournament for the Netherlands. Another player I've had my eyes on, although the team is out now, Musiala, sensational, sensational talent that the Germans have on their hands, a true gem. And listen, that guy, I'm saying it now. I think he's the best talented young midfielder in the world. I'm talking he's ahead of... Gavi, I'm talking, he's ahead of Pedri. I believe he's better than Foden and Bellingham. Musiala, keep your eyes out on him because he is going to be one of the next generational talents out there. I'm talking, he has the potential to be up there with the Haaland and Mbappe debate at this moment. I'm just shocked that you said a Haaland Mbappe show. I mean, man, like, are we really going to talk about that? It's a pure Mbappe show, dude. Like, what, what do you mean? No, but... uh. I think the player that stuck out to me the most, I think I talked about it a little earlier, but this is uh, this is just shocking to me, how well Tim Ream is playing. I mean, the guy barely got a shot in the qualifying and and really, you know, he's playing at Fulham. Yeah, he's been a championship player his whole life and an MLS prospect, but he's really showing up to the big moments, I feel like. 
Enderman Lencia, that's a good kind of shout. I feel like getting a guy like that, I know there were some rumors about him coming to MLS at some time for a straight swap with Toronto for Josie Altidore, but whoo, imagine him in MLS now. You know, he, he'd be lighting it up for everybody. And I know, Ronnie, maybe you would like that too. But no, I feel like Tim Ream has definitely been a starlight and another guy or a star, another guy that's really kind of stood out to me and and it's been a pleasure to kind of watch just come onto the field because they come on the field always as a sub is uh Marcus Rashford. I mean, Marcus Rashford really just he has three goals and he comes off the bench, you know. So it's just like this guy always comes on and tries to make that moment happen, and he has been lately. So I like it. I mean, it's it, it's entertaining soccer. It's someone that's going on the pitch to play hero ball, and it's someone that goes for the ball and doesn't want to shy away from the moment. So I, I've been liking Marcus Rashford a lot this tournament, and and I feel like uh, you know he gets a lot of a lot of heat because he's English and he plays for Man U, but. I think it's it's truly a thing that Marcus Rashford is is getting a a, a good shout. Yeah, I appreciate that, Fabian. For me, man, I got to give a shout out to Richarlson from from Brazil. I mean, that, two goals against Serbia, which is no easy task. I think he's been a player that's kind of stood out to me from this tournament. And man, I think you know just some of the veterans that that are still playing at a high level. I mean. Cristiano Ronaldo scoring in his fifth World Cup, which is unbelievable. It's just insane, man. But hey, man, and, and Neymar, Neymar still playing at a high level. The, your usual suspects, man, still playing. And Mbappe playing phenomenal for France. So those are my guys to shout out. I mean, I know it's just the usual suspects and usual stars in this in this World Cup, but they have not disappointed. So huge shout out to them. All right, guys, I want to say thank you guys so much for copping out for this episode. Fabian, thank you so much for coming on, man. Before we go, where can the fans find you? Anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Hey, honestly, you can find me at Takarita86. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, uh, you can you can find me at Fabian Rankle on Twitter uh, or I am Fabian Rankle on Instagram. But honestly, I'm about to be at Takarita86 with y'all. So if you, if you guys ever come down to the next watch party, you know, I'll book a flight, a red eye, a little quick red eye, hang out with my New York boys. So thanks, guys, for having me on. Oh, man, as always, guys, thank you all for listening. Fabian, thank you again for joining us. It's always a fun time when you join. And listen, guys, World Cup is not done, man. Still a lot of more games to happen, a lot more upsets to happen than I hope. You know, I think we all love some upsets, and I think we all have December 18 bookmarked in our calendars. Listen, I'm calling out the next day anyway, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Catch us next time for the World Cup final preview or maybe post game yeah appreciate that eric and for the fans thank you guys for all the support we hope you enjoyed this world cup pre well this world cup episode uh what a special one it was fabian thank you so much for joining us again we'll see you guys in a few weeks for previewing the world cup final it's been such an amazing time and only happens every four years so super excited to do it to do it with both you gentlemen so thank you guys for all the support give us a follow at soccer subs podcast on instagram soccer subs radio on twitter and we'll see you guys soon Everyone take care and have a good one.